Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Good afternoon and welcome to KLE Podcast. Great to be with you again. And um, yes, it's not Friday. This is Saturday, but it's still a Friday conversation with Sean and Steve. Great to have you with me, Steve. Good to see you. <laughs> it's good to be together again. And um, all right, question for today. We'll start Uh-oh. here. It's just um, I, I something that came up and... Um, Wait a minute, I had something. You did, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you can throw yours in too. It's like, all right, we'll find a way. That's right, that's right. Yeah, so, but we, we, I think we touched on this last year sometime, but I don't know. It just doesn't always sit so nicely with me. And I know this, this is probably rubs up some uh, Christians maybe... Uh-oh. depending on your leaning but um okay so this friday was rosh hashanah and is like big in the tea room big explanations and you know it's and how important it is and all the rest of it and somebody was asking do i celebrate it so i didn't want to enter into the conversation too deeply because then it may not end the way they want it to. So I, I, I don't know. Just personally, I have this thing, Steve, is that either I'm Jewish or I'm, I'm a new creature in Christ. Either I'm under an old covenant or I'm not. Either I'm under the law or I'm not. Um, I understand that those, the feasts and the, and the, the days were important, but for for its time. But do we still, as as believers, as the church, do we still live have to live adhering? Now it's not law, but do we have to celebrate these things? Um, do we have to be involved? I mean, is is are these days high days, moons? celebrations feasts still important to us as the church today what do you think well i don't think it matters what i think (laughs) you hit on some things there what is your (laughs) perspective from the word say well you just said some things there that just remind me of a scripture in the romans that talks about as, as regarding to your new moons, your feasts, your special days, which are the exact words that you used. It says, why do you continue to do those when every day is holy unto the Lord? Hmm. You know, why do you do this by your traditions, by your whatever? And it comes down to a point of, comes down to a point of law or liberty at that point. And because uh, we can go back I've got several friends that, you know, they're really into all that stuff. And uh, in fact, uh, one person in particular believes that this is the year that the Lord's coming back because, you know, Rosh Hashanah and all this sort of stuff points directly toward, you know, this is the new year. This is the year 15, whatever other in the Jewish calendar. And, and so now we're going back to understanding the times and seasons and all that sort of stuff and and i'm going well that's all well and good but is that is that news is that thing that we're sharing is that going to change somebody's life is it going to bring them into the kingdom of god uh is it bringing them closer to the purpose of christ in their life and so I guess that's that's kind of where I come from is is regardless of whether or not it's good information, uh, is it going to bring people into a closer walk with Christ and into the purpose of the kingdom of God? So, is is it yeast? <laughs> that's, yeah. That's really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it yeast? You know, that, and that's because 
I mean, you know, I've I've sort of read um, what's what's the book called? The Book of Galatians. I've read it rather in, intensively and to catch the spirit of it. And I just don't feel like that was what what Paul was trying to communicate to us. But I'm thinking. Right. Um, he, where is that in Romans where it says considering your um, the feasts and the new moons and stuff like that? And mm -hmm. even the Sabbath. It even talks about the Sabbath in that. Yeah. And that's in Colossians chapter 2. Oh, was that Colossians? Yes, and he says I knew it. Was, I knew it was somewhere between the introduction and the maps. I just didn't know where. Uh, in verse fifteen, he says, um, "When he, talking about Christ, had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Therefore, let no one act as your judge in regard to food or drink, or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day." Things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance right. belongs to Christ. Let, let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of the angels taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated with, without cause by his fleshly mind, etc., etc. Right. So, um, yeah. Something that something that you're stating right there it brings me back to the law because Galatians is all about the law, you know, old foolish Galatians with which you that you go back under the law. Uh, I was talking to Connie. I said, you suppose anybody's going to be offended by the fact that I'm wearing a cap or a hat? And she said, why? And I said, well, because the scripture says that I'm not supposed to prophesy with my head covered. And she said, well, do you suppose the Lord is offended by it? Or, you know, if you're just out there working you got a hat on, all of a sudden the Lord comes on you to prophesy. Are you just going to speak for God? Or are you going to take off your hat? Because it's a law now that you got to take off your hat. And it's that same type of principle. Are we now returning back under the law of it? Or are we going with the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus? Yeah. The law of liberty. Because I, I thought about, okay, so this is the, this was the celebration of the day of atonement. And there was one guy now explaining you know, that it's a reflection and stuff. And I thought, but in Christ, that's what we do every day. He is our right. atonement. So the right. day of atonement was showing Christ to come. And, right. and we, we are now trying, and we, we're now supposed to celebrate a new covenant as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me, not as the day of atonement, but as celebrating him. And right. by breaking bread, and, and, and that's not necessarily the religious. Uh, I don't think. I don't think the Book of Acts they got out like little wafers and little you know <laughs> things and said, "Everybody take one," you know. And now we pray for the the wine and we pray for the wafer. I, I don't think they did that. I think what they had was meals because Paul talks about one point in time. He says. When you come around, don't come when you're hungry and just eating all the food and leaving right. others. So what happened was the guys that could muscle in more and they had better position would come and eat and drink everything so that the poor people had nothing. It was about meals. It wasn't about little wafers, you know. And I think, you know, that's the thing that I, I struggle with now that I'm thinking back over 40 years is just some of the religious stuff we've put into making things spiritual. I, I, I just, right. I, you know, now right. we try. Yeah. We try too hard. It's we, like conjuring up. We're going to conjure up Christ now. Uh, we're trying to appease him so that he'll come right. and visit us. You know, he's done that. You know, he's, he's visited. He's now come to dwell in us. We, we are his temples. We are the temple being built into a superstructure. You, I, me, us, we all ends putting all together as living stones. And, and I, I don't know, I, I just think we, we're onto something, but um, I think too easily we, we get dragged into, you know, there's always somebody trying to be somebody else. We never, right. we never true to who we are. Right. You know? Um, and of course the hat thing, should we address the hat thing? Sure. Let's address it. I mean, honestly, that's, that's, 
it's part of this whole thing. Well, because there's a lot of confusion about, well, you know, is the uh, men are not supposed to prophesy with the head covered and women are not supposed to, um, you know, prophesy or whatever the story is, however it goes. What is that? One Corinthians chapter nine. Yeah. Or even pray with yeah, so, head covered or uncovered. Um, let me just find that quickly. Because that's it. I've, I've had to address that with a few people because they really do not understand that at all. So, um, where is that? I can't remember. It was at 11. Christian order, yes. So, he talks about um, that Christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of a woman and God is the head of Christ. Every man who has something on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces his head. But every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head, for she is cut one and the same with her, with her whose head is shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, let her also have her head cut off. But it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to have his head covered, since he is the image and the glory of God, but the woman is the glory of God. Of man, for man does not originate from woman, but woman from man. For indeed, man is, was not created for the woman's sake, but the woman for the man's sake. Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. And I think that is where it all boils down to. So, um, it's yeah, it's the angel's problem. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> so, it's the it's a sign of authority. Um, not um, not a sign of it's it's about divine order, and and we right. we tend to miss that. Of course, you you deal with that, and you know this. Like some people jump out of their skin on this one. You know they don't want to deal with this at all. Right. But um, the simple fact is, it's not talking about head coverings, is it? It's not talking about hats or or a woman wearing veils or anything. And of course that is like big time in this region here where I am. Huge, oh yeah. Huge, huge. So um, Christ is the head of every man. I personally, the way I have understood the scripture to be, when I look at that, it's about authority. It's about a man who has, somebody else other than Christ as his head. So he's deferring to anybody else. And this is one of the, one of the passages that really shaped my, my whole perspective when it came to leadership is to encourage men to be leaders who relate to Christ. Right. They're there to equip you, you know, men are there and, and it doesn't mean we're rebellious. It doesn't mean that at all. But it means that we acknowledge Christ as head, not a man. We we look to Christ as our directive. We look to we we accountable to Him, and so when a, if um, it talks about so every man who has something or now there's something here is in italics. So every man who has on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces his head. Who is the true head? Right, Christ. Christ is. So prophesying with somebody else mediating, somebody else being intervening or not intervening, being in between you and Christ. If you're not hearing from him directly, if you're not relating and responsible and accountable to your head, Christ, because he, um, he goes on to say, because a man ought not to have his head covered since he is the image and the glory of God. And so, you know, we are supposed to reflect the image and the glory of Christ, not man. And if any other man is your head, which means they kind of covering you with their headship, you are reflecting their image and their glory. Right. Well, that that's what it says there in, chapter, in verse 10. It says, for this cause ought the woman to have power on her head or authority on her head because right. of the angels. Yes. So it's, it's not, it's not just talking about just a veil or a covering or a little cap or a scarf at that point. No, it's, it's talking about authority. It's even though, yeah. yeah. 
We've broken um, it literally. Again, we've, we've interpreted in our religious view as something that is physical, but it's not talking about something physical. Right. Yeah, because when Connie said that, as far as uh, if you're just, well, she said something about if you started to prophesy to somebody, do you suppose the Lord's going to say, oh, wait, 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 you got your hat on? Yeah. Or, or is he going to go ahead and say, because he gave it to you, speak as it were the oracles of God, son, and let it, you know, let it be. Otherwise, otherwise, I'm out wearing a hat probably 85% of the time that I'm out working or doing anything. Mm. That would mean that I would not be able to pray or prophesy. Most of the time. Any? Yeah, yeah most of it. Yeah, and I'm supposed to pray without ceasing? How's that going to work? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, you can really get wrapped up in this. Now, I don't wear a hat normally indoors, you know, like even into a, a public building or whether it be to a, um, a, a church, a, you know, a, a service somewhere with a bunch of people. I wouldn't wear one just because I wouldn't wear a cap or a hat anyway inside. I just wouldn't do that. It's just one of those social upbringings that I had that, you know, you just don't wear a cap indoors or in the, in a public place. So, you know, like a cowboy hat, you take off your hat, you know, it's just a sign of respect uh, for whatever's going on in there. So whether or not that's right or wrong or indifferent, you know, that's just so much in me that I wouldn't do that. But as far as when you think about prophesying or praying, I wouldn't, I wouldn't automatically take off my hat if I'm just out talking to the Lord all the time. I wouldn't do that because I want to, I'm talking to him just like I am to you. Yeah. So if it is authority, if it's talking about authority, like you said, I'm not going to have, because all that thing about talking about the new moons, talking about the Sabbaths, uh, because every day is holy unto the Lord. When you think about the fact, what what day was Adam actually formed on? Yeah. In, you know, in creation. Well, he was formed on the sixth day. So what was man's very first day? Sunday. The seventh, the day of rest. Yeah. So if that's the case, my whole thing as born again, I'm to enter into his rest. I'm to enter into the Sabbath. I'm not I'm not supposed to just make Sabbath a, a particular day. I'm now entering into the Sabbath. I cannot do this work on my own. I enter into his rest. So every bit of this is about, is about him and his righteousness, his holiness, his, his power, his glory, his might, his strength. And it has nothing to do with whether or not I keep a cap on my head or I keep a feast. But then, you see, that's the thing, is, is we, we try and work, religion works from the outside in. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is from the inside out. Right. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. But we right. want to get the glory to get in us. And so, right. you know, which is a done deal. We, we're trying to live this. So we put regulations and obligations and, and you know, our own kind of laws, really, Right. Us from outside in. So, you know, holiness now becomes what you look like, what you right. wear. It becomes what you, you know, how you dress, where you go, all that kind of stuff. And, um, but if you're living from the inside out, then holiness is something that you just align with. You don't try and work it. You don't try and make yourself holy by how you dress. So, you know, and it's like, but as I've read the word over the years, I began to look at like when Jesus washes the disciples' feet, we turn it into a ritual. Right. That's true. We turn it into a ritual of feet washing. We lose. I've had people. The heart. Yeah, we've lost the spirit of it totally. What it was that right. he was thinking, the principle that he was communicating, we lose that. I've had right. people who actually despise me wash my feet. And will betray me afterwards, you know. It's just like this is this is crazy, uh, you know. It's just like right. um, this doesn't make sense at all. So right, and but and the same goes here. The focus becomes the head covering, rather than right. what it what is the spirit of what Paul was trying to. 
convey the divine order wasn't about about hats and who's over who who's under who right was about being the image and the glory of reflecting the image and the glory of god right that's it and I, and how i have that? a friend yeah go ahead i'm sorry i yeah. interrupted you mm-hmm. i have a friend that um he was he's been a pastor for years and years and years and years anyway they had some of the guy come from out of the country and he spoke at their fellowship and uh all of a sudden uh after after the service was over they took him to lunch and everything else and he says so tell me what's wrong with your marriage and the guy just he says what what do you mean he says something is wrong with you too what's going on and and all of a sudden all this years of hurt and anger and bitterness came out and they shared you know both of them shared their heart and he says what you are to do now as a son of god is to wash your wife's feet of course immediately he's thinking i got to wash her feet i got to do the ritual well she's not she won't let me do that and when you, the problem there is once again you immediately go to the natural of it yeah we missed the whole spiritual content connotation of what foot washing meant and it meant i'm your sir i'm here to serve you i'm here to make sure that whatever it is you need is provided i'm here for you and it wasn't a matter of it wasn't a matter of the ritual he wasn't telling them to do the ritual well maybe he did i don't know but but when you look back, when I look back on that, I go, this guy couldn't, they, they ended up in a divorce now. And I'm going, this is crazy because once again, we're going to the ritual of it. We go to the religiosity of it. We try to make it fit from the outside in, like you said, uh, rather than something that is coming as a spirit of the living God inside of you and causing you, like I said, if I'm out there just working, I'm going to be talking to the Lord, but I'm going to have my hat on still because I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. It's only when you begin to think about it and come under the judgment of the law, then I remove my hat. Yeah. And you feel, ah, and now if you don't, what's the consequence? You feel, you feel guilt. You feel yeah. And that's what the law did. The law made you feel guilty. But it right. says in, in um, <laughs> Dr. Pippers, so the, uh, in Hebrews, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10, it says this, the sprinkling from a guilty conscience, the blood is sprinkled to remove, um, um, take us away from a guilty right. conscience. Right. So if the whole concept of guilt is removed under the blood of Jesus. Right. Uh, right. But once again, all foolish Galatians, why is it we put ourselves back under that? Uh, and, and, and then you get motivated by guilt again. Yes. But that's the whole thing. That, that's the thing that religion does. It drives works because you feel guilty if you don't. Right. Well, you feel right. guilty if you do, and you feel guilty if you don't. Right. Is that you know? One pastor one day got up in a in a pastor's meeting, and and he was saying he was talking about, um, and I understood his his eagerness and his passion, and he was talking about the movie One Night with the King, and how um, Esther had to prepare herself for the king, and and he says. I got up and I told the church that on Sunday, he said, and he was so excited about this. He said, I got up and told the church that you dancing and worshiping here before the Lord and you've not prepared. You've got to prepare yourself to appear before the King. And I listened to this and I said, wait a minute. I said, no, 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 no. How can you, I said, you know what? You are the pastor. You are right. time doing this. So you've got time to spend time with God and praying and reading the Bible and preparing your messages and stuff. And I said, you've got a business guy sitting out there. He's up at five in the morning to be at work at the half past five 
and and he works flat out all day. His his prayer time is he gets in his truck and he's driving down the road and says, Lord, I, today I submit the day to you and I just trust you to give me wisdom and grace and strength to provide for my family and help my staff and meet my customer needs. And gets in there and he goes and when he gets in the car, his truck at night, he drives home and he says, thank you, Lord, for today that, you know, I made it through another day and he gets home and God, thank you for your provisions and spends time with his wife and children. And he's a, he's a man and he's a leader and he loves his family and he loves the people and touches their lives. And I said, how can you condemn him for not having the time that you've got? I said, I don't know about you, but where it says, when I mentioned Jesus, I'm in. Because right. by the grace of God, I am in by the through the blood. And I said, right. you will never tell me I have to get ready to meet my king. Never. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, by the blood of Jesus, you've been made nigh. That's right. How much nigher can you get than nigh? Exactly. You can't, you can't get any nigher than I can get. <laughs> but that's the thing. But, but we, we, we get we give this and, and he just like got quiet and stood there and I said, because that is the, the beauty of it. If sin separates us, we have an advocate with the father. Right. You right. Know, we have an advocate with the father who pleads on our case that when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness so that we can enter in. So even if something yeah. is separating me, but I do not need a week or a year's preparation to meet the king. Right, right. You know, it's just like we cannot, but yet we don't say it like that, but in a sense, you, and I did this. Oh, God help me, I did this. Or carry, carry until you receive the Holy Spirit. Carry, what? You know? Yeah, so, and it's the usual thing. Like if we can get enough things stirred up, all right, I understand. When right. Christian prays, something happens. You know, we change the atmosphere. We don't change God. We change the atmosphere. And that's, we are here to change the culture. Right. (laughs) But we're always thinking in terms of religiosity. We're always thinking in terms of, of, you know, okay, if I wear a Jewish prayer belt and cloth, and, we, and if we put over a Jewish um, prayer cloth over our heads, God's going to hear us better. What? Is that, yeah. what? I don't understand that. You know, I just, maybe, maybe it's because I just, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, grew- I used to have a, I used to have a shofar. Yeah. You know, and I, I thought it was fun uh, to, to blow it whenever I was going to proclaim something, you know, like up on the mountain or something like that. I, I'd go ahead and blow and, and say, show far, show good. But anyway, I mean, that, that was a bad joke. I know that was bad. That was terrible. But I used to enjoy that. And it says three times in a year shall all thy males appear and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. And it talks about the feast. Mm. Well, we do the feast. We keep the feast already in the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Right. We keep Passover. We keep Pentecost. And we keep tabernacles. Yeah. It doesn't mean the feast particularly as far as that particular day and you got to do this and now you got to do this and you got to go by the ordinances and the laws thereof. It's a matter of keeping that feast now in my heart and going, I have the Sabbath right here. I have that place of rest. I have Passover. I live Passover. Yes, he was crucified for me, but he was also raised again. And now because of Pentecost, I have the fullness and power of the Holy Spirit. And I have the God who dwells inside of me in tabernacles. He tabernacles with me. I am his tabernacle. I am his temple. So as far as, as far as keeping the feast and all that sort of stuff, uh, I know to understand the times and the the signs and the times, uh, I can understand some of that, but um, it, it's not going to impact or change somebody's life for the kingdom of God unless I can show them how to live this life and live it abundantly in Christ. Yeah. If I keep pointing you toward all these different things that you've got to keep, it's not going to help you. It's going to put you back under the law. Every religion has it. Every religion you can, right? No matter which religion you go to in the world, they all have it. So it was on purpose that I wore this hat today, huh? Yes, 
What's <laughs> a prophetic similitude there? <laughs> That's right. The dress. Yeah. No. And no, I'm not going to wear a dress. No. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you're on your own on that one. <laughs> I told I'm not good. I told you to, Stephen. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing is we, we, we mustn't, you know, I, I know, you know, I have to remind myself often and simply because I did it for so many years as a pastor, you know, it's just like, right. you've, you've got these courses and programs and, and you're trying to program people into equipping, you're trying to program discipleship, you know, it's like we're trying to a formula, we're trying to get this golden key that, right that we can, and then we get upset if they don't come to it, you know, <laughs> to our program. So we sell it and we market it more, but most of the time it's to get more people bums on seats in the services so we can have more tithes and offerings to pay the buildings. And, you know, and so it goes, we on the cycle and it's all under the, the thing of like, I want to be doing something for the Lord, you know, it's just, and we've got to be careful is that we don't lose the spirit for me. I, that's just right. Maybe I, is, am I just like too out much on this? I don't know. Just like. Yes, you are, Sean. Doggone it. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a, there was a thing that we were taught. Um, it's called the nine qualifications of discipleship. And it actually really says throughout the Gospels, if you do not do this, you cannot be my disciples. Hmm. If you do not, you know, love me more than your brother mother whatever and leave them whatever you know you cannot be my disciple and it says that out i mean flat out right you cannot be if you do not do and you know nine times and i thought about that so often i thought what that did was it brought me back into performance and i began to look at that rather than realizing that i will fulfill all the law in my heart if, if, yeah, and so I don't even have to worry about the nine qualifications of a disciple yeah. when my relationship with Christ is right, yeah. because I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When right. He said, "Be be ye holy as I am holy," I've I've come to think of that not as a this is something you have to try to attain and try to be. You got to try to be holy like I am. It was like what He said in the beginning be their light he says now be ye holy yeah. it's the same thing it's a statement that resonates throughout eternity be their light and he says be thou holy yeah. and i thought you know that it was a creative force of action that caused a ripple effect into my life that says you are now holy because i am holy that's right it's not a matter of you got to try to attain holiness now You've been made that way. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, I'm just trying to think of something that I... Um, yeah. No, I was thinking of something else here. Um, ah, but... Yeah, he says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for right. God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies. Now, listen to this. He's, this is what he's made us. I mean, if we back up a little bit and says, and coming to him as to a living stone rejected by men, but, um, but choice and precious in the sight of God, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. A holy priesthood. We are all being built up as, as a house of holy priests <laughs> to offer up spiritual sacrifices again, not physical, not, uh, you know, um, yeah, anyway, spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him shall not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the bull has rejected, this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom 
they were also appointed. But you, talking to the church, talking to you and me, usans, weans, all of us usans, um, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were once right. not a people, but now we are a royal priesthood, a chosen race, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. I mean, you know, is that we've got to get this kind of mindset that we are. We're right. not trying to get there. We're not trying to meet the obligations, the regulations. And right. back to the head system is like, you know, the, the my biggest challenge is oftentimes I've got young men come and see me and I want to know, like, do I do this or do I do that? I say, like, what is your father saying? What is what is the best reflection of the glory and image of God for your life? Not mine. Right. Because if I tell you what to do, you're reflecting me. And right. your job is not to reflect me because that will always be imitation. It will never taste good to those that taste you. Right. Yeah, if I say to you, I, what you should do, what you need to do is this. Mm. <laughs> I've just usurped the place of Jesus Christ in your life. I just replaced the Lord or the the one with right of decision of your life because now I'm telling you what I think you need to do. Yeah. And if you don't do it, now you come under my judgment. Yes. Oh yeah. And that's yeah, and that's the that is a problem with that statement is that we have a tendency to do that a lot. Uh well you know, I, I really think that if it were me, I would do this in that particular. Well, who cares if it was you? The fact is, this is a person that needs to hear from the spirit of the living God for himself and for his whole house. So how do I do that? How do I get them to hear as opposed to saying, well, I well, I think I should do this. Well, you know, if it were me, I would do this. Or I think you ought to do this. Or, or you know what you need to do? Boy, that one that really burns my tail feathers. <laughs> You need to. What you need to do is this. Yeah. 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 Right. I need to do that. They're projecting their uh, their point of view. It's nothing else. It's no. just their point of view. Right. Their, their perception of the situation. They're projecting it on you in the form of manipulation to to control what you do. Right. And God help us. We did that. You know. I. I oh yeah. I did it as well. And, and that was the thing was when I discovered this, I began to say, wait a minute, something is out of line. You know, back, yeah. in, back in Cape Town, I was teaching, I taught at a, at a Bible school. And the students, because um, the students started hanging, coming and hanging out at our house and would come and sleep over, like piles of them everywhere. And we made pizza and cooked for them. And some of them stayed there and whatever the story is. So they they started would come to me and say, I don't know what to do because a lot of them were international. So I don't know what to do. I'm going to go and ask the bishop what I must do. And I said, what? <laughs> so I said, let me help you here. The, you know, the scripture says that you are a son of your father. What you need to do, and I'm saying this, what you need to do is not, <laughs> is not go to another man or to make it. What you need to do is go to your father. Right. And hear what God is saying to you. And at least then when you go and see the bishop and you submit him and say, this is what I sense God is saying, you know, do you, would right. you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm asking, I'm referring it to you. I'm asking, you know, your input as well, but at least you know what the father is saying to you. But when we're looking to man for direction, we're looking for man. Do I do this? No, you don't do this. Oh, when do I do it? Tomorrow you do it. What must I do? Oh, you dig a hole. What must I dig it with? This spade. How much must I dig it? This big, this big. Yes. Where, what, what must I do then? Put the sand this side. What do I do when I'm finished? Put the sand back in and dig another hole. And so we go, that's our whole life. We, we, last week we spoke about having initiative. We never right. have initiative in the spirit because it's being taken from us or we're giving it away to somebody all the right. time. That's true. We never, we never tap into the things of the spirit. And I was thinking of something else I'm preaching now, but something else you said earlier, it's like there's a new law and that law is the law of the spirit of life. That's right. in Christ Jesus. And where is Christ Jesus? In us. So the law right. is upon the tablets of our heart, Romans chapter eight. 
but it, and that is we've been set free from the law of sin and death. That is the death. law of regulation and obligation. We, we've been right. free from the law of guilt and judgment and condemnation because that's what that law does. If you're feeling right. restricted, frustrated, if you're feeling limited, if you're feeling like um, you can't take initiative, you're passive Christian, you don't live life, then you've got to think about what law you're living under. Because man will put you under the law of sin and death, unfortunately, always. Religion does. Yeah. But Jesus puts you under the law of the spirit of life that's in him, that's in Christ Jesus. That's the law. Right. We live it from the inside out, not from the outside in. And that's right. the whole jolly New Testament is all about that, you know. Well, it says also, too, that before a man's master, own master, he stands or falls. Yes. Before a man's own master, he stands or falls. If I... If I subject myself enough to you to where your opinion directs me, then you have become my master. Yes, exactly. So, like you said, to present it to somebody for feedback or for input uh, or to just submit it to them, that's fine. But like you said, to, to find out what your head, your master, for you and your house is saying yeah. is most important because he is our master. He is our Lord, which means only one with right of decision. Otherwise somebody else becomes Lord. Yeah. And that's not good place to be. Exactly. You know, when, when, when the troops landed on Normandy um, beach, uh, the losses was really bad. The casualties and fatalities were bad. Right. But it would have been worse, and this was from observers, said it would have been far worse, except that the young men in those days, because they played football and they were free thinkers for themselves, um, they made decisions without their, their uh, com commissioned officers. Most of the commissioned officers were taken out. And so, but these young guys could make decisions on the ground for themselves, rally the guys together and keep moving and doing stuff. And, and they saved thousands of lives. And I, right. that, I, when I, I heard that, it resonated so deeply within me. And I thought to myself, within the context of the church, do we have enough thinkers? Do we have enough in action takers? Do we have enough people that can hear from God, hear the Spirit of God to move? You know, they, we, we so, right. and if you do move, you get condemned. I did it. Oh, God, forgive me, but I, I did that. Somebody came to me and said, I got to do this. And I said, No, you got to attend the dis discipleship program first, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, you know, what is the matter with you? You know, when I think back, thank God I met Jesus that night and he said, what are you doing to my church? Because that just right. revolutionized my life for me. And because I've been persecuted ever since, but I don't care because if I can get one person to act out of the law, the spirit of life, rather than the law of sin and death, you right. know, Somebody's been set free and I'm grateful to God for it. So I don't mind what price I pay for it, but it's, it's just because we love to control. It doesn't matter how you put it, Steve, it, it, right. it's just control, you know? Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Cause I, if you're not doing it the way I think you should do it because of, if you fear my face, if you fear, my opinion if you fear my approval uh you're gonna not do that except yeah. do it my way yeah and that becomes a control that becomes something that and we we get um almost stroked by that or feel good by that because somebody's uh emulating imitating us and they're doing it the way we would do it and uh, we think that's a good thing but actually to bring somebody to be a disciple of Christ, to make disciples, that means I'm making them, I'm making them a disciple of Christ, not a disciple of me. Yeah. I'm bringing them to a place where you're going you're gonna to follow Christ, even as I follow Christ, but you're going to follow him. It's not, Paul even said, if you, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. But yet he was saying that you are my fellow servant. 
Hmm. You are my co-laborer. You are my, he didn't say to everybody around that, well, this is, you know, this is somebody who's under me. I'm training them up so that you can see, you know, whatever. I mean, he didn't have that attitude. That's right. He had the attitude that this is a fellow servant with me. This guy here is right here with me in this ministry. Well, the fact is, is, is that the word follow there is imitate, imitate. Right, right. So, so imitate my style, imitate the way I am with Christ. The bottom line is, is that we come, and that's what I said earlier, is that if we come down to the place, first off, in, in 1 Peter chapter 10, um, chapter 2 verse, verse 9, it says, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you. Right. So if we're not seeing the excellencies being proclaimed, then we've got to ask ourselves, what are we aligned to? Right. And, and then he goes and he talks about in, in, um, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he's talking about, he says that you reflecting the image and the glory of God. So if we, what are we having reflected then? Right. Because surely we've got to see, we, we must be seeing something more if people are reflecting the image and the glory of God. Uh, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you replace that? What do you replace it with? That's the question is like, what is being reflected? And I always say this, it's funny, you know, Steve, I've traveled, my family and I, we've lived on three continents, traveled nine times around or five times around different continents. So you're, you're incontinent now? I'm intercontinental. <laughs> oh, intercontinent, not incontinent. No, no. <laughs> so, you know, and, and we've lived in, and, and not just traveled to visit, I mean, gone and right. lived in places. And right. every city we've gone to, people come and say, come and visit our church. And you've got to listen to our pastor. Right, right. Why? Uh, it just, you know, why? why? And they have no idea who I am. And that's the, you know, have you found a church? And, and you must come to ours. Nobody, nobody has the initiative to say, how are you in Christ? In who? Have I got no sound? Um, am I on now? Okay, it's changed. Something's happened to my mic that um, it changed the mic. So the computer does its own thing. Anyway, so um, yeah, so they they're constantly asking me to visit. They don't know who I am, or where I'm from, um, and it's like it, it's like one situation. We went to a town. We were going through a really difficult time, really difficult. People knew, the people in some of the leaders knew, but yet they were, <coughs> excuse me, demanding, not demanding, but strongly inferring, I need to be involved in, in doing stuff on Sunday morning at the coffee bar and so that people can see me, you know, and, and really what I needed was, I needed somebody to come sit at my kitchen table with me and pray with me through a very, very difficult time in my life. And, and that was like even 2018, I said to some leaders, I said, you know, the thing about it is, is I don't have a problem with, with us not agreeing. I don't have a problem with, you know, you don't like how the way I do things. That's also, I don't, I said, but that as brothers and sisters, as brothers in Christ, that you weren't there as my friends when I needed you most. When I was scared to death because I thought my son was going to die, nobody was there. Nobody was there to pray me through. Nobody came and held my hand and put their arm around me. Nobody was there, you know, and they got offended. They still don't talk to me because of it. You know, it's just like, hmm. this is ridiculous. Where, where were they? Where were they? Where were the so-called pastors and leaders who do, you know, um, do stuff? And that's just go, They've lost the spirit of it. This, the image and the glory of God wasn't there. You know, it's like, it's like the image and the glory of my ministry. And, uh, and I can tell you story after story after story like that. It was just, you know, and it, 
it was really, really hard. And I just decided at that, that when well, I met with them afterwards and I said, you know, the lesson I learned from this is that we've got to care. We've got to care about somebody who's going through stuff, you know, and not try and reflect my ministry and my agenda and, you know, my position and my meeting and my this and everything else. It's just, Steve, you and I, because we care, you know, just because, you know, I want to reflect the image and the glory of Christ to you. And, and right. how can I bring the law, the spirit of Christ to you? How can I bring it to you? You know, that, that should be my question. Am I reflecting Christ to you? Not, not, not my ministry and not what I want to do or my podcast or whatever. You know? anyway. Right. And that brings us back to the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. That brings us back to, it's not a, it's not a formula. It's not a, uh, because I keep these feasts. It's not because I'm able to do this. It's not because we've got this certain time frame. Uh, it's not because I keep the Sabbath. It's not, you know, it's, you know, the list goes on and on and on as far as qualifications, but it's because now as a son of God, I just, I just want to come here and bring you life, whatever that means. Yeah. And so if we can do that, if we can get back to that, because Paul said, I've become all things to all men, that in some way I might save some. I, I want to make sure that you've got life. I want to make sure that you get to that next step, whatever that is. And right. it doesn't mean I'm going by a formula. It doesn't mean now I'm going to teach you how to, you know, come into the Feast of Tabernacles and, go through the day of atonement just right. Otherwise you're going to miss it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a matter of, it's a matter of how do I get you to live life to its fullest fullness right now? How can I get you there? I just got a message from a, a gentleman uh, that just says, I don't know whether or not I can make it anymore. Um, it wasn't to a meeting. It's just in life. Mm. And so, you know, uh, after we get off here, I'm just going to have to find out. He's in a different country, so I'm going to have to find out, you know, what's going on there. But, you know, you can't give somebody like that a formula no. or keep a feast yeah, exactly. or, you know, whatever. He just got born again last week. You know, so now what does he do? You know, he, yeah. he got kicked out of his house uh, because the rest of them are all Muslim in the house. And. Now he's a believer. So what does he do in life? You know, what can I do over here? You know, what can I, what, what, what does he do now? Yeah. And so it, there is no law in that now. There is no, there is nothing that you can do to, to give him a, him a formula. And so now by the spirit of God to find out what the spirit of the Lord is saying to him right now and give him that give him that whatever that is and um um you can't plan that you can't theorize about it uh you can't tell him to keep the sabbath because it's holy <laughs> you know you can't tell him don't wear a cap next time you pray maybe that's what happened you wore a cap you know you wore a hat whenever you prayed last time um because that doesn't that doesn't give them life it doesn't bring them to a place of life in Christ. And that's, that's basically when you first started that, I thought, well, that's, that's kind of an interesting place to start, but uh, it brings us back to that whole thing of this is what we've done to people. We've, we've brought them to a law yeah. and we brought them back to a place of trying to perform being a Christian or a believer that's and right. they can't do it. You can't do it. In a way you have. You know, I was looking the other day um, and it was saying, uh, where, where was it I saw it on some social media platform, but they were saying how many, I think it was on YouTube and there was a video about how, how many guys are giving up Christianity. I mean, not just giving up church or giving yeah. up their ministries. I mean, giving up Christianity, becoming whatever, atheists or whatever. I don't know what they're becoming. I didn't bother to go there. Yeah, so they and they, you know, why is because they're burnt out because they they are not under their head. If you're under your head, man, you're getting refreshed by the head. Not no right. man can no man can refresh your soul. No man can feed your spirit. Right. 
you know, like, like Christ came. He said, come learn of me. My yoke right. is easy and my burden is light. Man's yoke and burden is heavy. It's tiring. It wears you out emotionally. And, and uh, man, it's just like we, we, need, we need Christ. We need the life of Christ. And people around us need his life. They don't need the life of another man. They're tired right. of men, you know. They're just tired of men. Right. So, I don't know where that is. I think it's in Colossians where it talks about and holding the head. Oh, here it is. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment, then ministered, and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. You, we hold fast the head from which all the body, all the body by joints and bands have nourishment. Yeah. But you and I together, in order for us to have those joints together, we got to hold fast to the head because that's where our nourishment comes from. Yeah. If you aren't holding fast ahead, if I'm not, we don't have nourishment. How can we even be able to nourish others? You know, nourish, yeah, nourish anybody or anything yeah. else or even each other if we that's don't right. hold fast ahead. Yeah. Um, I remember one time I went to a certain restaurant and they asked me what type of eggs I want. And I said, I want Jesus eggs. And so they went back and they put in the order. And the, finally, the chef comes out and he goes, I'm sorry, sir, I have no idea what Jesus eggs are. And I said, well, the scripture said his yoke is easy. So just, you know, do it with a, you know. And anyway, he started laughing. He went back. He went back into his place. He goes, oh, man, that was terrible. But uh, his yoke is easy. Yeah. His burden is light. Right. Why is it we put on other people, like it says of the Pharisees, you put on them burdens you yourself cannot even bear? Yeah, you aren't even lifted with a finger. Yeah. No, yeah, that's the thing. We, we, we leave these heavy things on people's lives and, and they can't, you know. So, and Jesus was addressing this in, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He was talking about the law and he was saying that, um, he was saying, Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden and I will right. give you rest. And the word rest there is refresh or take ease. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, unlike the law, and my load is light. Wow. See, uh, Jesus, Jesus eggs, my Jesus yoke is eggs. easy. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that will keep, keep reminding you, sir. So, when you wake up in the morning, think of Jesus' eggs, and then, uh, and then you know. You keep it light and easy, man. Light and easy. Keep the burdens light and easy. Uh, bless God. Well, that was good, Steve. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged again with that. And, and um, it's great sharing these things to, to remind us. You know, it's good to remind ourselves of these, of these things because it reminds us what we live for and what we're supposed to live, you know, not just... It reminds me a lot of uh, playing tennis. We get together once a week to play tennis. Yeah. And we hit the ball back and forth across the net. Yeah. And as you hit the ball back and forth across the net, it's not just that you get better. You begin to remember how that feels. It's almost like a, um, an exercise in, in um, I don't know how far I can take the metaphor, but it's, it's, it's an exercise which – it really does build you up in your most holy faith as you're doing it yeah. because you you're thinking of stuff that you don't normally think of until you see the ball coming back over the net toward you. And you go, Oh yeah, that reminds me of yes. you know, this other scripture. Oh yeah. That reminds me of, and that's why we do this. Yeah. And a lot of times the clarity doesn't come even for me again until until we're bouncing that ball back and forth. That's right. Because a lot of the stuff becomes so stagnant in there that I forget why I even believe what I believe. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. And we need to be reminded why we believe this stuff and, and how we're supposed to believe it, not just, you know, right. because, you know, it's like just because you're saved doesn't make everything fixed up in your life, you know. It just doesn't happen. Right. And, and so right. we've, got to, we've got to choose, choose the principles well, and live the principles of His kingdom well. You know, right? So. That's true.
That's good. All right. Well, that's a good session conversation today for us, Steve. Appreciate you spending time with us and with me on the KLE. It's very good, you see. Yeah, you and me on KLE. There you go. It's got the voice for it, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I should have got you to. Maybe I should do that. I'll send you the 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 uh, the, uh, the little clip the music clip, and you movie. you can oh. enter you can enter the voice in the movie clip. You know. So, yeah, there we go. It's KLE for you and me. <laughs> yeah, no, not that one. No, no, just the oh, other okay. one. <laughs> yeah. Now, great to have you with us again. And again, you know, from from uh, from Sean and Steve, it's um, it's great to have you with us on KLE podcast and also on the KLE podcast uh, uh, Facebook page and on the YouTube channel as well. So, if you're watching YouTube um, or if you are listening in on the audio, um, audio is great because you can do it any time. Video, you've got to watch it. You know, spend time watching it, but. Audio is great. You can do it listening in the car all week. You can spend 10 minutes every day listening to Sean and Steve. I mean, okay, you know, it, it might get a bit rough around the edges sometimes, but hey, you can at least be encouraged to think about some things during the day. I mean, you might be bothered all day. Pray in the Holy Ghost. He'll show you what to do. But we don't come with all the answers. This is just our conversation. You joining us. And we are hopefully, and trusting that we inspire you to think. Think outside the religious box. Think outside the proverbial, stereotypical mentality of the church member. That's really what it is. Go and study it for yourself. Go and look at it yourself. Go and ask your father yourself, because we want you to be a reflection of his image and his glory. Amen. So that's it from us. Steve, have a good one. Until next week, we will see you on the by and by in the clouds. In the, yeah, yeah, you know that one. <laughs> Love you lots. God bless you. Bye.